Hey everyone, in today's interview, we talk with Benoit Dajville, the co-founder of Snowflake on all things cloud, data, and the future of computing and culture. Enjoy. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling from home. <laughs> I am in my kitchen uh, and I'm working from home like every employee of Snowflake. Uh, we are you know, quarantined and, and shelter in place. Yeah, these are strange times and sheltering in place is about all we can do at the moment and yeah. continuing to work. So when you say work, uh, our listeners know that you're the uh, co-founder of Snowflake. How do you usually describe the company to people that don't know about it? Yeah, Snowflake the, the, is a data analytic platform which was built, you know, for the cloud. Uh, so we are running in the cloud and the goal of Snowflake is to analyze all the data um, which is relevant to make decisions for your company or your enterprise. Uh, so, so everyone, you know, we say data is the new gold and, and, and it's true to make, you know, wise decision, you need to drive them based on data and Snowflake is the system that you can use, uh, to make this data driven decision. So you load the, the idea is that you have one single place where you can load all the data, uh, which is relevant. Uh, whether it's machine-generated data or business data, you load that in Snowflake, and then you can ask, you know, the Snowflake data platform, you know, all the questions uh, on this data, historical data. So it can be a lot of data, and 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 make decisions based on that. Sure. And when it comes to your background, how did you get interested in technology and uh, data? Yeah, it's a long story. So, so um, just just to say, first, I, I was born in France, so I did all my studies in France, and my, my PhD also was in France. Um, I got interested, you know, in high school, and it was at a time where computers were, you know, just starting to enter the consumer, you know, side, and and no one, you know, none of my friends, you know, really had computers, so I didn't know even what was a computer really. Until one one person in my classroom, you know, took a calculator that could be programmed and did a, a simple program for me, asking my name, and and I enter, you know, my name, which which was surprising for a calculator, and and then the program say, Benoit, you are dumbass, and, and I thought this this is amazing technology, uh, you know, a machine that can you know tell you you know bad things, uh, so I really wanted to go into computer and understand how to program these machines and and. and this is the way I got hooked. Um, and, and since then, I've been programming a lot. So after you got hooked and started programming, was there ever a point you thought you'd start a company or co-found one? Not immediately. I, I actually, uh, um, very soon after I started, you know, developing and I sold, you know, one of, of the programs which we made with a friend. So, so that was an interesting experience. I was still in high school. But no, you know, the, the French culture is not too much about, you know, building companies and, and starting your own thing. So my goal in life was, was to build systems and, and to work for, for a big company. And, and, and I joined Oracle at some point uh, in, in the States. And, and I never really thought about building my own company, uh, frankly. And when you were, your career starting to evolve, you're getting some skills, you're learning programming. Uh, was there a pull or an interest to leave France ever and uh, get outside? And uh, if so, how did that come about? And how did you get started outside of France? 
Yeah, so, so as I said, I, I did my PhD in France. Then I started to work in research, first in research for, for about two or three years. Um, I didn't like research too much because I, I was more into building real things, real system versus just writing a, a research paper. So I, I transitioned to the industry. I joined a, a French IT company named Boole. And, and there I realized that programming in France at that time, it, it's mostly at that time, was you, you were more a technician than, than someone, you know, with, with, with skills. So, so, so no one really cared about, you know, this type of skills. And I, I, I was sent in a mission in, in the U.S. at Oracle. And, and I really loved the Silicon Valley and the energy and, and, and how people were actually focusing on building real things with, with, with software. So, so I, you know, at, at that point, I really wanted to immigrate to the U.S., which I did, and, and I started to work for Oracle. When you started to work at Oracle, what were some of the things that uh, surprised you? And then what were some things that just, uh, yeah, really shaped your worldview about technology, software, and what was possible? So, so the really, like, extremely surprising thing to me was the fact that software engineers I had really a lot of power in deciding, you know, where, where, you know, what should be the direction of the product, the, the Oracle database uh, uh, as the product. And, and even though I was very junior in the team, I was given responsibilities that I, you know, I would not have thought were, were possible. And, and, and I built a lot of, you know, very interesting features uh, in the Oracle software, but not, you know, because someone was telling me to build this feature is because, you know, I thought, oh, you know, it would be cool if we had that. And, and then I started to build it and drive it. So, so, so you are a little bit, you know, a good software engineer is, is, is a person who knows how to drive, you know, new, you know, new, uh, this creativity in, in, in the product and, and build new features. And, and I was very excited about that. And, and that was starting from, from day one. I thought, you know, people would tell me what kind of software to write. And that, that was not the case. And, and that's, I think, is the magic. It's a very creative environment where, where people can express themselves and, and, and really contribute. Right. And when it comes to fostering those creative environments, I'm, I'm curious, how do you think about building an environment and a culture for creativity at Snowflake? So it's a very good question. And, and I really wanted to somewhere recreate this, this initial you know, feeling at, at Oracle that, that I had when I joined. So where, where, you know, the difficulty is that at the same time, you know, everyone needs to contribute and needs to, you know, create something. But at the same time, we are creating one product. So it needs to be, you know, there's a lot of discussions, a lot of compromise that, that we need to make to find, you know, one really good solution, which is very integrated. So, so, so that team effort, I would say, you know, is, is, is really critical. You know, Snowflake is a very tight team. Um, which, which knows how to work together, even though we are coming from everywhere in the world. You know, initially we were maybe uh, 15 and we had 12 different nationalities. So you have to work with, with different culture, which is, you know, super exciting. So that culture of, you know, relationship and, and, and contributing and working as a team is, is, I think, a very, very important part of the, the culture. Uh, respecting others and any ideas is also very important. You know, everyone should be able to give their opinion if they like it, don't like it. And, and, and then, of course, you, you, you need to, to decide. Couldn't agree more. And was there an initial problem or set of problems that led you to co-founding Snowflake? Or how would you sum up the opportunity you saw? 
I joined Oracle in 96 um, and I worked there for 16 years. And in 2012, this is where we decided, you know, Thierry and I, Thierry and I are the initial co-founder of Snowflake. Uh, we were both working at Oracle in, in the core database uh, product. We decided to form Snowflake. And the reason was at, at the time, the, the, this, this analytic world was divided into two big camps, right? There was the, what we call big data. So, so, so probably everyone knows about big data is about analyzing machine generated data. And, and this is, you know, hard and traditional system like Oracle couldn't do that. Because of the volume of data, it's, we are talking about you know, petabyte scale you know, data size. And also because of the structure of this data. It's not you know, simple tables with columns. The data in this machine-generated uh, is semi-structure, so complex structure. So, so traditional systems like Oracle couldn't deal uh, uh, with this, this volume and this structure. So the big data you know, system were born out of that, which meant that the data was siloed. Now, you know, if you had machine generated data, you had to use big data. If you had business data, you, you know, you probably want to put it in a traditional system, data warehouse, it's called, uh, like Oracle. And, and creating silo is a huge issue because when you have, you silo your data, there are a lot of questions that you cannot ask anymore. You cannot combine, you know, business data with machine generated data easily. And you have to manage, so there is the complexity of managing this system, many systems, um, which adds to the pain. So, so the first idea of Snowflake is, it was to create one single place where you can put all your, your you know, all this data, one single platform where, where you could combine, you know, business data with machine generated data. And you will have the power of traditional data warehouse. So we wanted to support all the features of, of this traditional system. And at the same time, analyze big data, but in a much better way than, than this traditional big data system like Hadoop. Hadoop was, you know, super slow uh, to answer, you know, questions and also was, was very cumbersome to manage, really hard to manage. So, so people, a lot of people that tried to implement, you know, Hadoop and, and big data were, were failing. So we wanted to address these two issues. At the same time, you know, cloud was, op- uh, was offering a unique opportunity to address these challenges in a very different way than traditionally addressed by this system, to have a, an architecture, a very different architecture where you could, you know, really do what we call compute on demand. So really grab, you know, compute power when you need it and release this, this compute power when it was not needed. So scale, if you want, scale these systems based on the workload that you want to run. And since data became the center of gravity of, of, of a company and all decisions are made based on data more and more, many more you know, questions are asked and many more you know, business units in, in the enterprise wants to ask their own question, marketing, finance. And as you add more you know, workload, what we call workloads, you know, this system became a bottleneck. So the cloud is, and this new architecture that Snowflake has is a way to break this bottleneck and to scale, and, and really to scale to any number of workloads. So in single platform, where you can put all your data and you can scale. This is really what we wanted to solve. So when it comes to breaking that bottleneck and starting to scale, were there any wins or in key invest- investment uh, that helped you do that? It was funny. We decided to, to, to start Snowflake, but we had no idea about this architecture we, we just had an idea of the project, right? We wanted to solve these two problems. And we started Snowflake and then we worked, uh, Thierry and I, for many months actually in, 
in my and I had an apartment, so we didn't even have a, a real company and and to to form the blueprint of Snowflake and this new architecture and how we were going to leverage cloud. And, and then our first big success was to sell that to the VCs and to get our Series A of funding. And, and really, I, I didn't believe that it, it was going to happen because, because it's not, you know, I mean, for me, it was a lot of money. And, and I thought, this is crazy, right? We are we are proposing a, a huge system. I mean, databases, system, and companies are, are, you know, it's a huge effort. It's not a one-year effort. It needs to be a multi-year effort. And yes, closing our Series A was probably the biggest milestone, uh, at least the first one, so the one that I remember the most. Um, and, and yeah, it was challenging. Sure. And when you did close it, what type of effect did that have on morale and on terms of uh, validating the business model? Do you feel like it had one or do you feel like it was just uh, a relief and then you got back to work? No, it had a huge impact on, on me and, and, and Thierry too. You know, we are thinking about technology and the impact technology can have on business, but, but we didn't know. We are both engineers, Thierry and I. We were both you know, working as architects in the Oracle uh, database team. And, and we are not business people. So having, you know, venture capitalists who have a very good sense of, of business and, and the impact that technology can have on that, validating our decisions and choice and, and, and the fact that we could explain why it would have a huge impact was, was super important. Um, I would not have done Snowflake if, if, even if I had the money, if, if I had not these type of validations, right? These validations are very important. Definitely. And... From studying your background, I think what's interesting is you say in another interview that if you weren't doing this, you would be an artist. And I think that uh, to get started as an artist, one of the most important things is to get some uh, validation, right? And so as you're starting to get that validation, you know, you're expressing your creativity and Snowflake's growing, you have the Series A uh, money. After that point, were there any dark nights of the soul? Were there any, um, you know, really difficult challenges you all had to face? Or was it pretty much up and to the right after that? I mean, we had, you know, up and down for sure. What, what I, you know, my analogy with, with, with a startup is, was, is a video game. So when you play video games, you know, you have these different levels. And level one was Series A. And, and then you realize that, okay, as soon as you... You win level one, you go to level two, and, and then you have to win level two. And, and which was, you know, for us was really to start, you know, thinking, of, uh, uh, building the product, building the team. And, and, then, and then you have this series of levels and, and you realize very quickly that there is no end, right? It's, there is no top of the mountain. Uh, really, it's one battle after, after the next. Some battles are harder to win. Uh, our first customer, for example, was difficult, right? Uh, uh, you, you have to convince, you know, not only new employees to join, you know, that, that adventure, you have to, you know, at some point to start to convince customers that, that's, you know, this is an amazing product. And so you have a up and downs, you know, along the way. But, but I have to say we, we never had a, a huge down. I mean, Snowflake has been amazing in, in, in a sense that, that, that's, you know, every year is, is so different than the than previous year. And, and we have made, you know, so much progress or we are making so much progress, you know, year after year. It was not like a really, you know, big down that, that I can think of. Sure. 
And so you're growing now, things are up and to the right. It's very exciting. The valuation of the company is expanding rapidly. When you think about the future and your role at the company and what you envision for it, um, or the future of data broadly, uh, what type of things do you see on the three-year, five-year, or seven-year horizon? I don't have a seven-year horizon, no, a five-year horizon. Uh, you know, horizon is, it's moving so fast that that's for sure, you know, two years is, is probably the maximum. But, but, but what we are, I mean, what I am passionate about is, is really building technology to make things which were which was, you know, super hard at some point, you know, really easy. So, so to put technology in the hands of most people such, such that our problems can become really easy for, for our customers and, and users. And, and so there are re really two things. One is we try to democratize access to data and we try to make it really easy to access data when yesterday it was really hard. And in particular, uh, what is magic with the cloud and, and why the cloud is, is, is going to be such a revolution is, is for the first time, you know, software can drive hardware. And, and it's, it's stupid to say, but when I grew up and, you know, when I was at Oracle, the idea was software was always installed by a human being on, on an hardware system. So someone would decide, you know, how many machines, you know, to install our software and the Oracle software, and they would install it on, on this set of machines, and the software was confined, right? It could, it could scale only up to a limit uh, uh, that was, you know, given by this, you know, uh, person who installed the software. And it couldn't, and it would have to live in this very confined world, you know, cannot, no possibility to automatically grow and shrink. So the cloud made that possible, and for the first time, you know, software can grow hardware, you know, on demand and, and really like in Snowflake, it takes, you know, one second, you know, less than one second actually to grab a lot more compute resources and to use them. And, and not only it takes one second to grab these resources uh, locally, but, but we can expand, you know, to different regions of the world, to different cloud. So that one, one aspect is, is is democratizing the access to data and making it really easy for one to get the data that he needs to make the right decision. And we have always thought about, you know, in these terms, you know, lowering the bar of accessing, you know, data. As that bar comes down and as the democratization uh, continues, are there any changes you see in the business world? Uh, or you, could you describe some of those changes maybe as they're occurring now? Um, what type of changes might the average consumer see as this happens? A good example right now, which is very relevant to the current, you know, crisis is uh, Snowflake data platform is used to share, you know, all the, the COVID, you know, 19 uh, data. Um, and it's, it's shared, you know, through the platform and any, you know, uh, tenants of, of our platform can use directly this data, can reference it, uh, can reference this data directly and create this data and combine it with their own data. Um, so this has been used, for example, by more than a thousand customers of our customers already, which are, you know, doing prediction about what, you know, based on the, on the cases and the new cases, what is the impact on, on, on my business? You know, where should I invest now? And so, so that's the, the type of, of, of transformative, you know, change that, that can happen by, by accessing data which, you know, yesterday was really hard to access because you had to share this data. You'll have to find who, you know, who has this source of data. You'll have to load it. You'll have to maintain 
you know, this data because, of course, the data is changing all the time. Uh, so in, in the case of COVID-19, it's, it's not, you know, a large data set. So, so it's not, you know, extremely difficult to get access to this data. And there are places where, where you can get it. But even, you know, loading this data, refreshing this data is, is taking a lot of efforts. With a platform like Snowflake, there is no effort. You, you directly get access to it. You have a pointer to it. And whoever, you know, is maintaining that data set will refresh it for you. So, so that's an example of, of transformation uh, um, that, that can happen. Uh, also, setting up, you know, it, it used to be that if you had a new workload to, to execute against data, you had to think about hardware. You had to say, okay, how am I going to, to, to have new hardware and, and provision this new hardware and probably have maybe to upgrade my system or, or, or I have to buy a new you know, system entirely. Now in, in, in the cloud and, and with solutions like Snowflake, you can, you can get that in, in literally in seconds, as I said. So, so the agility that this provides uh, is, you know, is, is, is not only a great saving, uh, uh, but in, in terms of cost and, and because you, you use compute whenever you need it and, and you don't use it when, whenever you don't need it to. So you don't pay when you don't use compute. Uh, you can do much, much more than you were able to do uh, in the traditional world, right? There are a lot of workloads that you know, didn't start because it was too expensive, too complicated to, to put in place. So there are more, many more questions that you can answer nowadays that you couldn't answer you know, in, in, in the traditional uh, data world. Right. And when it comes to advice in your career, are you a fan of ignoring advice, listening, listening cautiously, or have there been any really good pieces that have uh, stuck with you throughout the years? You know, there are two things. On the technology side, um, I really like to have, to have as many point of views as, as possible to make a, a good techni technical decisions. I think it's very important to listen. Um, I'm not, people might say that, that sometimes I don't listen enough, which, which is probably true. Um, but I think it's very important to, to listen to advice and people who have the experience. And one way that we apply that uh, was to hire the best in, in every discipline that we don't know. I, I, as I said, you know, we are, we, are, we are mostly technological, you know, the founders, you know, Thierry, myself, and Martin. Uh, which, which is the, f the third co-founder of Snowflake, where, you know, engineers at, at arts. So there are a lot of things that we didn't know at all. And, and I, you know, hiring the right talent uh, to supplement, you know, your knowledge uh, is very important. We, we never thought that we'll be a good CEO, for example. Right. And when you're surrounding yourself, whether it's with co-founders or with executives, and you're thinking about recruiting and hiring, are there any principles that you're using and what's your thought process like there? One thing I learned is that the most important attribute of a person is, is the values that this person has as, as a human being, you know, how it would work with the rest of the team, how, you know, like natural values. Are, are you going to love working with that person or not? And, and that's probably the most important aspect of hiring, um, much more important than than you know the the ability of that person to to you know function in his role um, uh, because that's going to set the culture but it's going to to be you know i mean work liking or loving to work with others is 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 critical in a company like snowflake so so as I said, working as a team 
uh, is where we operate at, you know, at the best. So, so it's very important to have good team players and, and people you would enjoy working with. Um, so that's my number one is, is values. Sure. And in terms of uh, values, we talked a little bit earlier about company culture. Uh, are there any company culture principles or ideas that you feel are really important to the success of Snowflake? Culture to me has two aspects, right? One is the product culture. What is the product we are trying to build and what are, what are the, the key elements of that product? So for us, innovation is, is critical. Being highly differentiated compared to the rest is, is very critical. You know, simplicity, no knobs, you know, no, no, you know, like removing all the friction is, is very critical. And, and that's very important because as the engineering team and the product team is growing, you know, keeping that cohesive culture of the product and, and how, you know, customers are perceiving uh, uh, what we are building is, is, is more difficult, right? You, you, you need to share this, this product culture. It's a little bit like, you know, the Apple and, and the iPhone. Uh, there was a culture of, of, of the product that Steve Jobs had, and, and we are trying to have you know, something you know, similar along these lines. Then there is the culture of the company in terms of, of common values and important principles. I think the most important culture aspect of Snowflake is, is customers. We are a service, or we are the service of our customers. So really inviting the customer in every of our discussions is important. And when I say we invite the customers, it's not like the customers physically, you know, presence in, in our meetings and discussions, but we try always to, to think about what, what customers would say, you know, how they, would they react to, you know, that decision. We use a lot, you know, the data that we collect on our system to, to put a voice to that customer and, and, and to see how they use the product and, and what they think about that feature. So data-driven is, is really important, you know, to be the voice of the customer. But it's super important, right? We, we will not exist without our customers being super happy about, you know, the product we are building. So customer is number one. And then, as I said, teamwork is, is, is probably number two. And that goes with respect of others and, and being able to take ideas from everyone and, and to integrate that in, in our product. Right. And... It's been exciting to see from the outside uh, the evolution of uh, Snowflake and the little bit I know is uh, fascinating. When it comes to technical features or generally just product features that most people don't know about, is there anything that you like to point out that Snowflake does where the market might just be completely oblivious to? Yes. So the one very differentiated feature that, that people might not you know, be aware of is is the fact that we are, you know, one single global, as I said, multi-cloud and multi-region platform, and we are one platform, uh, enables this, this uh, data sharing uh, uh, use case where one tenant of the platform can decide, you know, to share an, a subset of, of the data, a secure subset of the data that is willing to expose and share it through the platform with other, you know, tenants. We, we call that... Uh, and the, the exchange, so we have a full exchange where, where, you know, providers can provide, you know, what we call a listing and the listing is no more than, than, you know, a data set. 
Uh, and these data set can be consumed directly by, by consumers. And, and the nice thing with Snowflake is, is that that sharing of data is completely secure, you know, and done by the platform. And consumers, you know, they don't need to think about refreshing this data set. The data set is refreshed only one time by the providers. So, so that's one key feature. And that has enabled, you know, amazing use cases. One way to think about that feature is, is to think about, you know, everyone knows Google Docs and how you can share documents with, you know, anyone and that, you know, anyone has a direct pointer to your documents. And that's a little bit the same, you know, the same thing, uh, except that instead of a document, think about, you know, a shared data set with you and that data sets can be, you know, petabyte in size. So, you know, documents are very small data sets can be, you know, humongous uh, um, in, in terms of volume. So it's very hard, you know, to share data set with someone. And as you modify these data sets for the someone to see all the changes that you made, you know, and, and benefit from you refreshing these data sets. So that's a unique capability of the platform. The, the other capability is really the, the combination of both, you know, big data and, and, and regular data warehouse. So So most of the... Um, a, a big chunk of the business of Snowflake is, is migration of traditional data warehouse workloads. And at the same time, you know, move all this big data, you know, workload like Hadoop uh, also on the same platform and, and really centralizing back this data into one single platform. Um, that, that's, that's a key aspect. Benoit, thank you so much for being generous with your time here. And when it comes to final thoughts or a call to action for our listeners, uh, a lot of the folks that listen are either C-level executives or executives in the technology sector. Are there any parting thoughts or uh, words of wisdom you'd like to leave everyone with? The number one is the cloud, right? I mean, everyone should, should move to the cloud and, and take advantage of, of the cloud platform, which is the service and the fact that, that you can really you know, scale in a way that was not possible before. So, so, and I think this movement, and this is why Snowflake has been so successful, is because this movement to the cloud is accelerating. Couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for joining us and to everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Thank you, bye-bye. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, they're a customer times five, Twilio, and Katera, who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.